Hi everyone, and welcome to the 186th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Emily. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year! It's 2020. Happy New Decade. Hey, Mm -hmm. hey. I think everybody's made that joke about a billion times, but it is a new decade. We made it. Emily, how many vision-related puns have you heard so far about the fact that it's 2020? I seen one on Facebook, and it was like that one meme that comes up every new year where it's like 2020, like, ha, ha, ha. I don't have 2020 yeah. vision, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like, well, here we are. I'm seeing clearly now that it's yeah. 2020 or some, something like that. Yeah. I, I expect all all year this year there will probably be memes associated with that. But I I will say like I'm excited. This is this is an exciting year. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, we got a big release coming very shortly. That's going to be big. And then not only that, just like games in general this year is just like oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It's We're crazy. Criti- we are at critical capacity for video games right about now. And Specifically in March. <laughs> right? March March is crazy. And then March from there on out, it's like, how are we going to survive? Like, our wallets. Yeah. How's if this going to play out? If anybody wants to know why it's uh, crazy in March, uh, it's called, uh, that's when the fiscal year ends, so everybody has to finish all their games. So that's basically it. And anybody that uh, is in April, uh, they are a disappointment to their uh, shareholders. It, it, it's true. But... Yeah, really exciting. There's just a ton of games in the first half of the year. I would say, and then on top of that, like we also have to consider that at the end of this year, the new generation starts. Which is crazy. Yeah. So we got PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, two new platforms. Maybe, I'm also hearing rumblings that there might be a Switch revision, kind of like one yeah. of those mid-generation refreshes, like maybe a Switch Pro, so to speak, plays the same games, but maybe better looking, question mark. So I'd save that for next year. That's just yeah. my personal thought, but who knows? Yeah. It, it might be like a good opportunity for Nintendo to kind of like deflate microsoft and sony's sales a little bit like uh, like like hypothetically if they were able to release it like june july yeah that would be way ahead of the new uh sony and microsoft console so that might be a good opportunity like holiday 2020 no i don't think yeah people have to choose from three consoles yeah exactly so yeah that would be rough um but yeah, honestly, as cool as that is, like I'm mostly excited for the beginning or the early parts of this year because mm-hmm. that's where I'm feeling like the biggest stuff is releasing is just this early part of the year. We got Remind, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake, we've got uh, Cyberpunk, Animal Crossing, uh, Persona 5 Royal, uh, Resident Evil Avengers 3. game, Resident Evil 3. Uh, there's something in May that I'm not... Last of Us Part 2. Oh, Last of Us Part 2. In the summer, uh, there's Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima, right. Oh, man. There's that, too. There's <laughs> Tokyo Mirage. Tokyo Mirage on Switch. Xenoblade Chronicles. 
what else uh, there's it's just it's just a lot and yeah and, and and not just a lot just a lot of huge games like mm-hmm. very long very big games oh yakuza 7 yeah that's coming out in japan shortly but it'll be out this year in english is what they're saying so and that that apparently that game is like they were saying like oh yeah this is the biggest yakuza game ever question mark like what 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 does that even mean yakuza is huge yeah. already that's crazy. I don't know if I'm ready for that. So, yeah, I'm just like this year, even like way more than last gen. Like last mm-hmm. gen, like if you remember, like the end of the PS3 life cycle, it kind of like sputtered to a stop. Like, yeah, they, there were big games, no question. There was there was last the Last of Us. Of us I Grand remember Theft, that Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto Five, the PS3, oh, and yeah. Xbox 360 versions of those, but that was kind of it. Like it was just really those two games. Like, I don't remember. Like, I think maybe they had on Xbox, they had like halo four, but that did, that did not set the world on fire. I'll tell you that. Hey, Kingdom hearts (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. I remember that came out around. I think it came out the same day as GTA five and everyone was like, I'm so excited to play GTA five. And I was like, I'm going to go home and play kingdom hearts. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, like just comparing the generations, like the PlayStation Three and 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 Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty versus the PS Four and Xbox One, and how they're ending off, like man, this is just like a real good man. It just feels really good this generation because I know at least for me, I don't know about for you, Emily, but I was kind of like disheartened last generation. Yeah, and there was definitely a lot of like doom and gloom in like the press talking about like oh yeah this is the last of the console generations and yeah games are just way too expensive there's no way that this could be sustainable and then just this generation comes and completely proves everybody wrong about everything yeah like single player games are huge multiplayer games are also huge everything is huge everything's big everything is doing well there's a bunch of indie games bunch of indie games like i would say we're still lacking in the kind of like mid-tier but it's not like it's not as lacking as it was in the ps3 generation like yeah they exist this generation (laughs) that's a huge difference yeah like i got my ps3 towards the end of the life cycle which was just for kingdom hearts 1.5 because i was that person yeah but almost every game that I have on PS3 is either a remaster of a PS2 game or yep. it's like cross gen. I can play it on my PS4 now. So I'm like, why do I even have a PS3? <laughs> like, exactly. there's nothing really. There really like, wasn't. Yeah, I need much. a system for this. Yeah, like, it, I guess it depends on like what your individual tastes are as a gamer. Like, I would mm-hmm. say if you're a more Western oriented gamer, you were probably well served last generation. You know, yeah. there, was, there, was, there were a lot of good games, you know, from Western studios. You had Mass Effect and Bioshock and Assassin's Creed, you know. And I didn't play Creed any of those. Of heyday. <laughs> and yeah, there was, there was a lot of, you know, interesting Western games that were coming out. And I enjoyed those games, but my heart, <laughs> my kokoro, yes. is with the Japanese games. <laughs> yeah, so, same. 
And basically, Japan kind of like took an L last generation was and was like, "This is too hard. Let's make games for the DS and wait yeah, it exactly. out." Yeah, exactly. And then finally, the PS4 comes out and then basically saves the day. And also, like, kind of Unreal Engine 4 saves the day for Japan, kind of. Because, like, yeah. most of the games Japan is putting out is, like, pretty much all of them are made on Unreal Engine 4 now. And it's like, please and thank you, Epic Games. Like, thank you for helping Japan come back. This is, like, the the resurrection of Japan in terms of gaming and the other thing that i'm like kind of excited about for the future is in some ways like the ps5 and the xbox series x uh both of those seem like they're kind of like more of the same just better like yeah better more features like like on top of that they're also like fully backwards compatible with uh with with the ps4 and the xbox one so Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm hoping I'm assuming that development wise it'll probably be just as easy this generation for developers, if not easier. And I think another thing is that with with this generation, one of the things that I really appreciate is that so so with the PS3 and the Xbox 360, I felt like there was too much of a like I don't know an expectation that all games have to look like really, really high end. Oh yeah. I think think with the PS4 generation and like the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the blooming of indies, you can say Mm -hmm. there's been more opportunity for variety in terms of level of production values. So like you can have a game like final fantasy 15, which is like pull all the stops, spend all the money or you can have something like uh Dragon Quest 11. Now Dragon Quest 11 like looks beautiful, but if you actually really look at it, like it's beautiful mostly for its art style. And yeah. it's not like it's not like breaking the bank as hard on the assets it's producing. And most of the beauty of it comes from the fact that they're running on Unreal Engine 4. So they get things for free like beautiful lighting and beautiful rendering like they didn't have to develop that and then like yeah the art quality is higher than it's ever been but it's not like that insanely high quality and like there's still a lot of characters that don't have voiced dialogue so mm-hmm. like it I, it definitely feels like there's more opportunity for mixed levels of production value like yeah i mean uh, persona 5 is like- another one yeah, I was about to say Persona 5, like, I found that looked better than a lot of the games that came out this gen. It's not because of the graphics, obviously, yeah. it was on PS3, but, like, yeah. it looks just the style of it. It's the most stylish game I think I've seen. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's, like, complaining that Persona 5 doesn't look good. Like, yeah. Like, it looks awesome. And in, even if you played the PS3 version, it looked awesome there, too. So, like, I, I definitely think, like, with, with this generation... Like, I feel like gamers are a lot more open to different art styles and different level of production value. So you can have EA pulling all the stops on its next Star Wars Battlefront whatever and spend a bajillion dollars on that. But then you could also have Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. And have that be real simple, but also really cute. So, like, I I, I think 
like that if there's anything from this generation that i want to continue it's that i want that to continue and i think like if anything i want that to go even further i want more of the quote-unquote double a not the triple yeah, a but i want I more double a games like those are the games that i play mostly right so. those are the best i mean the like, only like triple a yeah like the most like triple a like first party games i play are really just like naughty dog pretty much it's so, like the Uncharted yeah. games, like The Last of Us, but like most of the games I play are like kind of like Square Enix or like Atlas, stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, I, w- I would still consider Square Enix like AAA, but like, yeah, but yeah, they're not like I, first I, I, party. It's like, yeah, they're not first party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but yeah, the def- graphics def- wise, it's definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely with first party when you only have to focus on one platform, you can really go crazy. Mm-hmm. Actually, honestly, like. As as nice as a lot of the first party games were this gen, like I wasn't that that into the the first party games, even though they were really good. I think probably my favorite was Spider Man. I didn't even get was, to play that. It's really good. I recommend it. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's really exciting. And I think because of that, and because of this whole idea of like different product levels of production value being okay, I think that's part of why the Switch is doing so well because it can't hit the highs that the ps4 and the xbox can hit but nobody cares because the games are awesome exactly it doesn't matter so yeah i'm excited for that and like i'm excited for uh the idea of maybe a a pro switch because i'd like it to look a little bit cleaner but not yeah like i want things to be cleaner i don't necessarily want things to be more beautiful question mark like yeah. I want it to be like, I don't know, just cleaner. Like if you could get me the same games but at 1080p consistently, I'm there. That's all I, I want. I was playing I the Somnium Files, and I have it yeah. on PS4 and Switch because I bought it twice because I really loved it. I highly recommend it. But yeah. I played it first on PS4, and then I was playing it on Switch the other day. And mm-hmm. graphically, like it's not a very demanding game. Obviously, yeah. it's very not low budget, but it's you know. It's not like yeah, it's a simple game. Yeah, it's pretty simple, and it looks good on both. But there's just some little things on the Switch where I'm like, it's just it should look a bit cleaner. And yeah. I think it's that whole 1080p thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely it just the throws me off a bit, just like a little bit. I'm like, this yeah. could be a bit better. Yeah, it definitely can be. Yeah, I I, I had the same experience because I played. I had played uh, initially. I played um, Dragon Quest a little bit on the PC, which balls to the walls. That is the highest end version of Dragon Quest Eleven you can possibly get. And then now I got the Switch version because apparently it's the best. Yeah. And oh yeah, it's a, it's a huge downgrade visually, but yeah, like at the end of the day, the game is the game. Like it's still a good yeah. game. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I wish. They would be a little higher resolution, a little bit cleaner, just in general. So I'm hoping that kind of pro version of the Switch comes out eventually. And I'm hoping whatever the next Switch is backwards compatible with the Switch games. So yeah, they can look even better, theoretically. So uh, yeah, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. 
And we have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. In the way of announcements, you can always support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Nahika Blawi, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, and Emily, if you could take these last ones. Next, we have Yannick Nod at Yannick Nod, Tori Patrick, Freya Stella, Fayez Bilal, and I've never said this before, so I might be butchering it, Flip Sired Nuss. Sounds good to me. We have Lewis James, Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Yam Potato, Rachel Casterton at Uber Yoon Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews at Doomster73, and Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. We are also, oh, and we're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash khunivids. And in the way of the news, so we've got a little bit of news. We did cover most of it like before the end of the year, but we did have a little bit. But I think probably the most important thing just in general to be talking about is the fact that Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, it's out next week. Yeah. Uh, at the time of the release of this podcast, wow. it's a little bit longer for us at the time we're recording. But yeah, it's going to be out next week, uh, the 23rd, January 23rd, I think. So I, hope so. I, I finally pre-ordered it. I have to do I actually, that. I was thinking about that the other day. I forgot to actually pre-order it. I did pre-order it. It's 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 waiting for me. It's going to download, uh, I guess, two days before. I'm not afraid that it's going to take too long to download because... It's just DLC, but I'm excited for it. After that, after the episode. Yeah. So uh, when you do that after the episode, it is going to cost you $30 US and how much Canadian? $40. Oh my God. We pay $80 for like new games in Canada. That's so. uh, Just think about that when you complain about your $60. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me just ask here. So that dollar amount that, that Canadian dollar amount that you're paying is that like purely just exchange rate or is that also Canada tax? Is, I'm trying to it, think. Like, are are they actually like charging you more or is it purely just exchange rate? That's what I want to. I know. think it's just exchange rate because I know the Canadian dollar is like a bit lower really than. Okay. US, so I'm thinking it's just that, but it's still really annoying. <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad, but well, I will say at least for me personally, I end up having to like buy a lot of this stuff again because yeah. I I, I want to buy the Japanese version as well. That's I, fair. So, yeah, basically I've been playing uh I've been playing both uh English first and then I'll play it in Japanese. And yeah, it's been costing me uh, at at least double. Actually, in Japan, it's very expensive. Hmm. Uh, it's usually like seventy to eighty dollars US for games, and it's yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So, uh, according to uh, Google, the uh, exchange rate for a sixty dollar US game into Canadian dollars would be. 
78 Canadian dollars and 31 cents. So there's a small yeah. Canada tax in there. <laughs> it's oh, about well. two, two bucks Canadian. We can't always have what we want. Yeah, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind is coming. That's exciting. Uh, unfortunately for you uh, Xbox fans out there, it's going to be at least another month until you get your download. That's going to be releasing on February 25th, 2020. Um. In addition to that, uh, something we didn't catch uh, before the end of the year was the fact that uh, if you pay for the $40 edition of Kingdom Hearts, 3 Mo- Re- Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, you get additionally a recording of a selection of songs from the uh, Osaka concert that I was at. And actually, I can tell you, I saw the cameras recording. <laughs> I saw them there and I was wondering why are there why are these like massive like broadcast like TV broadcast looking cameras why are they here well and you know. at first I thought oh they're probably gonna like put like uh like I I, I kind of felt like they were gonna put the feed of the concert like on the screen because yeah. like I, I've been to I've been to concerts like this before and sometimes they'll like cut between like footage of the game and then sometimes they'll put like the footage of like uh i don't know whoever on the screen like maybe like the pianist or like they'll like zoom in on certain parts of the orchestra or just the orchestra as a a whole because maybe people are like too far away they can't see it so but no at no point did they put that feed on the screen so i was like oh i guess this is for something else. And I also did notice people recording the concert. I'm like, are you allowed to be doing that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess they were allowed to be doing that. So yeah, you can uh, pay a little extra and you'll be able to see what I had to pay over $90 to go see. <laughs> uh, oh, well, you were live. Yeah, I was there live. Unfortunately, you guys won't see the uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind uh, preview video, but I guess it won't matter because you'll actually have Remind. <laughs> so... You win some, you lose some. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You win some, you lose some. (laughs) It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Emily, uh, what are you excited about for Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind? Is there anything in particular that uh, you're really uh, anticipating from it? I'm really excited to play as Kairi. (laughs) Right. Which is, like, the very obvious answer, but, like, it looks really cool. And also we see Nareth. Yeah. And Yuffie, and I think Leon was in it too, but, yeah. you know, and Sid. It's, uh... The Hall of Bastion gang. It's kind of sad that it took DLC for Kyrie to be playable, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd think she'd be important enough that she would be added in, like, into the proper game, but no, DLC. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, if you think about it, though... She's she's among good company because in terms of other things that were important that were added on in a final mix, uh, mm-hmm. her compatriots include the Roxas boss fight from Kingdom Hearts 2 that they didn't have time to make. And yeah. that was really important. So at least she's as important as Roxas. So that, that's uh, that's if you can take any solace, it's that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, though, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, this is the last, like, announced piece of Kingdom Hearts content that we know about. I mean, apart from Union Cross and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. This is the last thing that we know about that is announced and going to be released. And once it's out, like, 
we're kind of in uncharted territories, so to speak. Like, we don't know yeah. what's coming next. So it's into the unknown, as Elsa says. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like, we're probably going to know from Remind. Like, Remind is yeah. probably, like, Remind is the last chance they have, pretty much, to set the stage for what's to come. And it definitely seems like that's what they're going to go for, because, like, clearly the secret boss is yazora so like that's that's an important thing so for the future and you know there's always that sort of uh you know setup you know kingdom hearts one had your boss fight with Zemnus, and uh birth by sleep had the boss fight with young master xehanort and you know uh lingering will in kingdom hearts 2 final mix so I wonder though, so Yozora being the uh the boss, I wonder if that means that Yozora will be the antagonist of a future it's game. It's hard to tell right now. Right? Like I can't tell if they're wanting to make him a protagonist, an antagonist, or just like he reminds me of Riku, so it's yeah. hard to tell. Yeah, for sure. And like uh, like let's not you, you know, try to beat around the bush. Clearly, Yozora is a stand-in for Noctis. Noctis I mean, maybe he's just was supposed to be the protagonist. <laughs> he could be. He definitely could be. I mean, in terms of the secret bosses of the past, like Lingering Will, technically, Lingering Will is part of a protagonist. So it wouldn't be totally unheard of that, you know, we're fighting against a protagonist here. But yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, at least at the current stage, a little bit of mixed messages yeah. going on, but... You could be like a test for Sora, like, show me your strength. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of you know what, what Lingering mean? Will was about. Oh, well, Lingering Will, his thing was, it was kind of like a, a misunderstanding. He thought yeah. Sora might have been Xehanort for some reason, because he had the Keyblade. I think that was mm -hmm. the deal. And then they fought, and he's like, oh, I guess you're not Xehanort. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> that, that was That was Lingering Will. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. It'll be interesting to see how exactly it all works out. But I'm kind of feeling like, at least what I get from the trailer, uh, from the Yozora trailer, like if anything, if Yozora is put up as something that someone that we fight against, it might be just that the real bad guy is the master of masters that's putting him up to that, and like basically telling him bad stuff about us like maybe yeah to, that makes sense too maybe for yozora to save his uh his girlfriend he's gotta like kill sora or something <laughs> maybe that's the only way master of masters is gonna let it happen or master master maybe master master is like offering to help him but you gotta kill sora first something mm -hmm. like that you know so, how it is yeah that's that's how <laughs> it works master masters he loves conflict and he loves yeah. stirring up things if you want more evidence of that, just watch back cover and watch how he totally like clowns on all the foretellers and basically sets them up to hate each other. So, yeah, I'm excited to see more about that. Like, do you think we're going to get a new CG cutscene, like a, a deep dive kind of a CG cutscene? I really hope we do. I mean, yeah, with final mixes and I, it's, I know it's not technically final mix but yeah. i would just assume there'd be an extra little secret ending even if it's only a small thing i think if we're paying 30 dollars, we deserve it so 
Yeah, I'm paying thirty dollars just for this cutscene. Cut <laughs> if anything, I want a CG more. intro cutscene too. Give me that yeah. too. Like for thirty bucks, come on. What, what do you? What do you? Like thirty dollars, I could buy me a, a whole movie's worth of CG. You better give me a CG cutscene. <laughs> come on. So uh, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Yeah, I guess like yeah, that's. If anything, for me, that's probably my most anticipated thing. Well, not just the cut, uh, CG cutscene, but just the idea of this being the setup for what the future is for Kingdom Hearts and kind of setting the stage. I mean, we got it a little bit with the Yozora secret ending. We got it a little bit with the whole uh, Zigbar and the Foretellers thing. But uh, usually with final mixes, and I know Remind isn't necessarily a final mix, but it's kind of serving the same purpose. Usually with these kinds of releases, like this is their chance to give us a more concrete image of what the future will hold. You know, the the thing that comes with the main game, that's kind of like a tease and kind of a hint very vaguely about what the future will hold, whereas the final mixes is, is a very concrete vision of what the future holds. Like, if you mm-hmm. think about what Deep Dive was and what Birth by Sleep was, you know, the Birth by Sleep secret video, like... It's crazy. Like, birth, the Birth by Sleep secret video is literally, like, set up for the final fight of yeah uh, of birth by sleep so like some of it is more literal than others but like it, it sets the stage so i'm excited to see what the future holds and uh yeah like in a very short amount of time we're gonna know a lot more about kingdom hearts 3 and we're gonna know a lot more about the future of the kingdom hearts series so that's super exciting so moving on from there a little bit, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call this news, but it's just kind of interesting. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano, voice actor of Yuffie in Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, actually went on YouTube and played Kingdom Hearts 1 for the first time and gave her reactions to uh, Yuffie for the first time. And it was super cute, super wholesome. I loved it. She's a mom. She played Kim Possible. She's great. Uh, I knew her more from her role on uh, Even Stevens, which starred uh, a young Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> That's kind of where he got his start. And uh, yeah, so basically in the video, she was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Like, I never played this, but man, this is so cute. And oh, yeah, I remember Yuffie. And oh, is that Mandy Moore? Oh, that's awesome. I didn't get to watching it yet, but I really want to. That sounds so cute. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really cute and yeah, highly recommend it. It's it's just nice to hear about what she had to say. Uh I would say probably just some of the more interesting tidbits from it. She was talking about the recording process and the fact that mm-hmm. she went into it thinking it was going to be this like cool laid back kind of thing, but when she, like even back then she said it was a really serious thing, like very confidential there's a really big game director associated with it. So they were like really like on edge and wanted to make sure everything went well. And, uh, and like, she didn't really know anything about Yuffie, but they said they wanted her to feel very light. And, but it was supposed to be in contrast to her past. And they did like clue her in a little bit about her background in final fantasy seven, how she's really been through a lot and, uh, no- nothing in detail, but like, basically just giving her a, a general idea of what Yuffie was like in seven. 
so that she could play her better in in Kingdom Hearts and uh yeah and she was basically like every time like the Yuffie cutscenes would come up she would be like oh man like I remember reading this like I remember mm-hmm. holding the script in my hand and reading for this and I guess like, she would have been like the first voice actor to voice Yuffie yeah she was yeah so well uh, apart from the Japanese but yeah she yeah. was the first English voice actor to voice Yuffie so she definitely set the stage I, mean, I definitely that's something would like to, to take see on. I'd like to see more of the voice actors like give their reactions like this particularly yeah. the ones from Kingdom Hearts just because back when Kingdom Hearts 1 was being recorded like that was the first one there was no like there's no standard for what it was like other than than anything there was no standard for it like yeah. nobody knew what Kingdom Hearts was and like she was saying it was like a really confidential thing so like pretty much nobody knew about it so like I, I definitely would like to see what more these voice actors thought. Uh, I mentioned on the last podcast, but actually at the Osaka concert, um, uh, Miyu Irino, the voice actor for Sora, he was there and he actually talked a little bit about his uh, experience. And it was like really funny because like he was 14 years old. He was like an eighth grader and he was basically like, I just remember it was really fun. And then like Tetsuya Nomura was there and, and, uh, Yokoshima Mora asked him, "Oh, so what? What do you remember of Irino-san?" And he was like, "I just remember he was a kid." <laughs> it's <was> like <laughs> that's classic. It's pretty blunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Namora's great. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely would like to see more of this stuff. And uh, I guess this isn't news, but I put it in the news segment. It's a new decade. If you yeah. didn't know. So, yeah, I guess this might be a, I just wanted to take a, a really quick chance to like talk about the the series as a whole and just like talk about where it was in the in the last decade cuz this past decade was a very different decade for Kingdom Hearts, I feel. Like, well, so far Kingdom Hearts has been involved in two different decades. It was in And they've the, been very different. Yeah, in the early 2000s and then also the uh the 2010s, so uh and yeah, yeah in terms one. of like game releases it all like kicked off with recoded and birth by sleep i think those yeah. both were out in 2010 so like at least in my mind like kingdom hearts had like different eras like there's the kingdom hearts one through two era like that to me was an era kingdom hearts one chain of memories and two that was kind of its own little trilogy and then the next trilogy, so to speak, was re. It was supposed to be just three, five, eight over two, recoded and birth by sleep. Like that. That to me, in my mind, was supposed to be like its own trilogy. And then, I guess you could consider, uh, Dream Drop Distance zero point two, or back cover, and then three. That could be its own trilogy. So, like, where do we can't rechain of memories? Because to me, that feels like the bridge between, like. Yeah, I Kingdom mean, Hearts One, re- Kingdom Hearts Two, and then like a yeah. lot of the other spinoffs. I know yeah, people yeah. don't like when they're called spinoffs, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Reach of Memories to me, it's it's it is still the bridge. It's not like yeah, it, it didn't introduce anything new to the story, so it's it's just a remake. So I still consider it in the same group, and it, it released in two thousand eight. Well, two thousand eight yeah. in America. So even originally, didn't it come out with Final Mix Two? 
Yeah, it came out with Final Mix, so that would have been uh, 2007 in Japan. Yeah. So 2007, 2008. So it was, it, that's still a last last decade game 358 over two technically a last decade game even though i more consider it a part of this decade Mm -hmm. um but yeah so those were the first you know crop of games uh i would say like the beginning part of this decade for me was or at least with kingdom hearts or i guess it, it really affects the decade as a whole was this was kind of a a step down for kingdom hearts honestly like mm-hmm. that's that's how i personally feel about it because if you think about how kingdom hearts one or kingdom hearts was in the prior decade we had two console games two full console games and then a console re-release of of reaching a memory so technically speaking we had three console quality kingdom hearts games release in the first decade of its existence and then Square Enix as a whole kind of took a different turn in terms of its priorities under uh the the prior uh the prior CEO and you know this was the same time when they were talking about like polymorphic content and let's make the Fabula Nova Crystal yeah. <laughs> series and, and the mobile games the mobile games and then because I feel like because of Final Fantasy 13 and uh, the Fabula Nova Crystallis craziness, they diverted a lot of their console production resources over to Final Fantasy 13 and a lot of that stuff got pulled away from other projects like Kingdom Hearts and actually not just Kingdom Hearts, even Dragon Quest. Dragon yeah. Quest went from last gen uh, last decade uh you know in 2008 they released uh Dragon Quest 8 and that was like a PS2 Dragon Quest game, really high quality, really well done. And then in the next decade with uh, Dragon Quest Nine, I believe, Dragon Quest Nine came out on like the DS. Like it was a, a, a regular DS game. And just like a lot of Square Enix production, it, just, it was like very lopsided. Like it, either you were Final Fantasy 13 or you were a mobile game. Or a, yeah. a, a portable game, basically. So for me, that I guess just like in terms of game production, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with how just ja- Japan in general had a tough time in the pr- prior generation. I felt like that kind of hit Kingdom Hearts pretty strongly, mm-hmm. where you know instead of developing console quality games, they decided to pivot and do mobile games now thankfully some of the mobile games were you know quote-unquote console quality you know like birth by sleep and dream drop distance but in terms of like actual like like keeping current current generation games like we really didn't have anything other than 0.2 and kingdom hearts 3 and 0.2 is really more of a preview for kingdom hearts 3 so we really only had kingdom hearts 3 Thankfully, we had Kingdom Hearts 3, and Kingdom Hearts 3 was great, but... And yeah, that was in I, this decade. No, it was in this decade, thankfully. It could have been, been pushed a bit. It was close. Yeah. <laughs> Just made it. It was... It could be a different uh, show here if yeah, it wasn't. It could be a, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it is interesting. And yeah, Kingdom Hearts... I would say definitely this decade was pretty much defined by waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3, and then <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 actually releasing. Yeah. So, but... What I do think, and I think this is part of 
you know, the the effort of producing Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, I, I, I think it, it's kind of unfortunate that, you know, you know, thinking of it as an outsider fan perspective, like King, this decade was a step down for Kingdom Hearts. But if you think about it, at least slightly more from an internal perspective, I think this decade was actually a, a turning point in a good way for the Kingdom Hearts uh, productions, you know, production staff. Like the Osaka team went from being just a mobile developer to being the full team. And, you know, they, they, they went from being just, you know, making recoded and side projects to making the full proper game. So for them, it was really a step up. And then throughout this whole generation, they were working on Kingdom Hearts 3 and modernizing a lot of stuff for Kingdom Hearts. And I think going forward, you know, the fact that now Kingdom Hearts has moved to Unreal Engine Now that there's a lot of stuff in Unreal Engine already, I'm hoping that that'll mean for faster development, which it seems like that's what they want. And uh, even if, you know, like I think that one of the nice things about this, this current era of games is that there's kind of like no way out for Square. I felt like with last generation, the way out was go to PSP go to 3ds that's the way out of having to make a ps3 quality kingdom hearts game but this generation their way out is the nintendo switch and the and that's not much of a way out because you exactly the quality of nintendo switch games is still pretty high and unreal engine 4 does run on switch so while i'm hoping there'll be a switch kingdom hearts game at some point but yeah you know we'll have to see definitely very different now you yeah, don't have the DS, 3DS, the Vita, yeah, the they PSP. Can't, they can't run away to the Vita. You have three systems. The... Yeah. So it's... And PC, but. Yeah. And, and mobile. Yeah, I guess mobile is the way to run away, but. But it's they not already, the they same. Already have, they already have Union Cross, so I think Union Cross is functioning well enough, and I think it's generating them enough mo- money as it is, so hopefully that's doing what it needs to be doing. I. I, I I have said in the past, and I will always say, Union Cross is the Patreon for Kingdom Hearts development. <laughs> so if you want to support Kingdom Hearts while it's uh being developed, if you want to support it like it's a Patreon, go buy uh jewels in in Union Cross, and that functions exactly the same. So yeah, I mean, Emily, for you, how do you feel about this decade? Do you feel like it was a step down or do you feel like it was a step up like how do you feel about it compared to the prior decade of kingdom hearts i feel like it depends on how you look at it because they're very different like it feels like this well last decade now um yeah it feels more quantity over quality (laughs) yeah it's it's just very different and like there was that thing where like the entirety of square enix basically changed their marketing strategies so it was completely different but i think moving forward it's going to be again very different but in a good way yeah yeah i think so too and yeah i guess like on the whole like 2013 was really the turning point like that's when they announced kingdom hearts 3 it's also when they changed ceos and yeah kind of what we saw there and the reason why it took so long is because they really weren't working on kingdom hearts three at that level uh up until that point and 
you know that's how long it, that's just literally we just saw the full development of kingdom hearts 3 right before our eyes pretty much and it does take a long time to make games and we got to see it and yeah now and like, more than ever and like last decade it felt very experimental yeah like yeah, that is true playing with battle systems just so many different things and it feels like now you know even like different like gaming consoles and systems like yeah but now it's more grounded i think yeah <laughs> i really it hope makes, it is anyway <laughs> yeah it makes me wonder uh for you know uh to more has mentioned that there will be at least one game one kingdom hearts game that will release between three and then four at least one it makes me wonder if they're going to take that opportunity like they have in the past and you know make some sort of unique battle system or try to do some experimental stuff with the gameplay like they've done in the past and kind of makes me wonder like what could they possibly do uh towards that end i could see it yeah i don't know uh, what they do but i can definitely yeah. see them continuing yeah um, so yeah, I I definitely agree. Like Kingdom Hearts 3, it was very important and I would say this decade was definitely defined a lot by waiting for it and uh I guess the other thing that we haven't mentioned that was a big part of this decade was the uh, HD remasters. Yeah. The HD remixes, but I mean, as nice as they are, they are just remasters at the end of the day, but it was I guess it was really nice for everyone to finally play Final Mix and yeah. everybody to have access to the final mix games and even and, like being able to watch like the movies like recoded in three yeah. over two days yeah for sure so very accessible yeah definitely so i think yeah I, I like i think it started off on kind of a like i don't know kind of an unfortunate point like as a kingdom hearts fan that you know grew up with this thing being a a premium like priority for for Square Enix like in in the first decade of Kingdom Hearts being a thing it felt like it was a priority just as big as any other you know final it felt like the, they had a three-prong approach it was Final Fantasy Dragon Quest and Kingdom Hearts like that was their three big games and then at the early part of this decade it kind of felt like it was only final fantasy and kingdom hearts and even dragon quest kind of took the back seat whereas now it feels like square is a lot more balanced in their approach i mean final fantasy still being you know it still has a ton of games being made for it but it feels like kingdom hearts and dragon quest are getting a lot more love so i definitely appreciate that idea so that's really awesome. So yeah, I'm really excited for the next decade. I think if anything this the uh the the previous decade or now previous decade um everything that happened in it sets up for a positive current decade that we are now in in the 2020s. And so, we're going to have a new saga. Yeah, we're going to have a new saga finally. Yeah. It, it only took 2 decades. <laughs> It only took two decades to wrap the last one up. <laughs> yep, so let's see how long this one takes. So, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up our news segment. Now, moving on to our question. Uh, this first one comes from X Victor, and, it, and in this one he says, uh, what good elements of Kingdom Hearts 3 do you want to see the Kingdom Hearts team double down on uh, for the next games? 
and what elements do you want the want to see them improve and or remove? What do you think? Well, one element that I really liked that was improved in Kingdom Hearts 3 was the NPCs. Yes. I want that was to very double fresh. down on NPCs. Yeah, that was really good. Um, but like gameplay wise, that's kind of how I'm thinking about this question. I really like sure. the Keyblade transformations, which is kind of like, I see it as like the next step of like the different forms that we had in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, So yeah. like, whether they wanted to go back to forms or the stick with the keyblade transformations i think anything like that if they want to change it or just keep it the same i really enjoy it either way yeah definitely Um, anything i'd want to remove i feel like i was just thinking about something and then i forgot oh yeah i guess i guess for me in terms of the thing that i want to want them to double down on kind of going off of what you were saying with the uh the keyblade transformations i I think my favorite aspect of the keyblade transformations are the uh the different battle styles that they'll take Mm -hmm. on once once you get to their uh their form changes uh i kind of wonder if it would be possible to have that kind of change also at the base level of each keyblade so not just like, like it, it, I would wonder yeah. if it would be possible to have it at the basic command level, like, or, or the basic attack level, bas- the basic combo. Like, one of th- one thing that I really liked about Kingdom Hearts 2 was the fact that you could build your own combo and, like, you customize your combo. I wonder if they mm-hmm. could bring that kind of combo customization thing back by taking that you know command style that they have with the, or the the form changes with the keyblades and kind of bringing that down a level and like change the combo with each keyblade so maybe like the big hero 6 keyblade has its own combo and the pirates of the caribbean keyblade has its own combo and i know that's kind of a big ask in terms of you know animation production but i think it would kind of incentivize you to use different keyblades more and I just I like the idea and, and it was kind of a, a thing in this game was the idea that any keyblade can be useful at any time in the game and I, yeah. I kind of like the idea of keyblades being more like you know they're different tools for different jobs like that's what mm-hmm. I want and I, I kind of like see it as being like style switching in like a yakuza game like that's kind of yeah. what I want it to be and if that's more means, balanced. Yeah, if that means less keyblades, I'm actually okay with that. I would be I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't have a problem if they had less keyblades, but each keyblade meant more. Like this is the keyblade for fast moves. This is the keyblade mm-hmm. you use for magic. This is the keyblade you use for uh power, you know, they could have that balance. You know. I I like that in other games and maybe that's could be something they could expand on in in Kingdom Hearts. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like stuff I'd want them to remove. Mm. I remembered the other thing I was thinking of, and I yeah. don't know if I put it in improve or remove. Yeah. Um, attraction flow. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it because I think it could be done better, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, is it worth it? Yeah, I just don't. So get it was definitely a really flow. cool concept. But, it just doesn't seem know. integrated well enough into Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3. Like I don't get why the attractions are there. Like 
being in like one of the final battles and having the train show up and then you're just flying around <laughs> on the train and like okay why yeah and, and where where did Sora even learn this yeah and like for me it was always a thing where like if I was like low on health and like I just didn't know yeah. what to do or something I'd be like okay attraction flow yeah I would prefer you know instead of attraction flow like what if summons were handled like attractions were mm-hmm. like at least to me summons make more like they make more sense i always to, forget about like, summons right? that's the thing for but me, if it was like attraction flow where i just like it shows up and i'm like okay hit this right? and you can like use ariel i do it so much more right because i was using attraction flow all the time but i i just didn't like attraction flow in terms of the theming like it didn't make sense for kingdom hearts but yeah yeah if instead of you building up and then the thing that shows up is pirate ship or mad teacups if it was like wreck it ralph or stitch or ariel like uh, yeah mm-hmm. i would use that especially yeah that sounds yeah. a lot better <laughs> like and on top of that like with with summons you're not wondering oh where did sora learn how to summon mm-hmm. like you know how he summons, and there's actually, literally for the first time, Yen Sid hands Sora a summon charm. That happened in oh, Kingdom yeah. Hearts 3 <laughs> for the first time. There was a they made a 3D model that Yen Sid gave to Sora that was a summon charm. Like that has way more like uh, story context than anything related to attraction flow. So yeah, I would totally be down with them prioritizing summons more and making that like e- even if it required like m- maybe they would change how summons like handle like make it like I liked the way the attractions flows handled like I liked the way they felt like I didn't I didn't feel like gameplay wise any of the attractions were necessarily bad. Yeah, like, they all felt well enough. I, I just didn't I like... just felt like they were being pulled out of thin air. Yeah, they're being pulled out of thin air, and they don't make sense for Kingdom Hearts at all. Like, other than the fact that, yeah, it's Disney, and yeah, these are related to theme park attractions, but at least as far as we know, in this universe, like, Disney is not associated with a theme park. There's never been a Disneyland <laughs> world or anything related to a theme park, so I just don't understand what they're doing. Like, maybe if they explain, like, oh... Uh, uh, this is from Mickey. He he's l- allowing you to summon theme park attractions from Disney Town. Like we saw, Ven, yeah. he had those tickets to go to Disney Town. Like maybe, maybe this is new technology from like Chippendale or something. Like you can mm-hmm. summon these things. Like if they gave me that, like okay, now I get it. Like okay, these are theme park attractions that maybe exist at at the you know the Disney castle in the town area theme park like maybe that's where these are from and then Chippendale invented a system where I could summon them anywhere okay now I have story context but mm-hmm. since I don't have that like I I kind of would like them to be replaced yeah cuz I don't I think get... it's a bad concept yeah. it's just how it played out <laughs> exactly i guess uh another thing for them to double down on is uh open world and exploration in kingdom hearts worlds because i really loved big hero 6 and i really loved the pirates of the caribbean world those were awesome they felt great 
I want to see them go even further with that. And I think considering the next big console Kingdom Hearts game, or at least Kingdom Hearts 4, is most likely going to be next gen. I think that's going to be a lot more possible. Uh, yeah, I also, and even like the loading yeah. screens, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> next that, gen. that'll be a lot less of a problem. Loading is a lot less of a problem. Uh, both of the big consoles, they're on uh, solid state drives, so that's going to make uh, streaming levels a lot easier. So uh, for those of you that don't know, the way open world works is that basically all the assets that you see directly in front of you that are directly around you like and also close to you, those are the only assets that are actually really high quality and full resolution. And the further you get into the distance in terms of the models, the lower and lower quality they get. And then as you move through the world, uh, basically they replace the level of detail assets with high, higher and higher levels of detail. So, you know, if you have a tree in the distance, uh, in the very, very far distance, it may not even be a 3D model. It might even just be a flat texture. But then as you get closer and closer to it, you then get a low poly version and then you get a slightly higher poly version. And then once you're right up close to it, then you get this really detailed version of that tree. And that's basically how all open world games work. Now, to do that, uh, basically the console in the background is loading in and out of memory. Uh, it's loading in. Okay, let's load uh, in the higher version of that tree and then unload the low version of that tree. And it's doing that on the fly, and that's something known as streaming. Well, one of the problems this generation was that both of, those, both of the uh, Xbox and the PlayStation 4 they unfortunately have very old style hard drives, uh, classic disc based hard drives and reading data off of a disc requires them to spin the disc very fast. And it takes time for information to be loaded off of that. Whereas in future consoles in the PlayStation five and the Xbox series X, they're both going to be using these NVMe, uh, uh, solid state drives and they are very fast there are no moving parts so it's it's like real real fast and th- there was examples i i know i brought it up in the past but there was an example of uh spider-man on the ps4 running on the ps5 and then versus running on the playstation 4 and they were showing the l- speed limit for how fast uh you could move on the PS4 and load in assets and the speed limit of the PS4 is basically Spider-Man speed. That's how fast you can actually move through that world while still loading in the assets, you know, without any like crazy pop in. That's how fast they were able to make Spider-Man move through the world. Like that was the speed limit. That's as fast as they could get it to go. But on the PS5, they were able to move through the world at like jet fighter speeds. Like it was real fast. And that's from the streaming, uh, streaming technology of the, uh, NVMe, uh, solid state drive. So basically, you know, summing that all up, that means that the PlayStation five and Xbox series X now more than ever are set up to be like monsters at doing open world and doing big worlds. So the technical considerations are going to be a lot less 
problematic on the next generation. Obviously, the production side is still a problem. You still have to produce those worlds, you know, those large worlds, and that does take time. But in terms of actually, um, like, uh, in terms of the technology side of it, not a problem. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, you know, with Kingdom Hearts 4, so to speak, when we go to Tokyo, hopefully that will be an open world city and Nomura will finally get his city Tokyo level that he wanted to make all the way back on in, in Final Fantasy 15. So yeah, just exploration in general, I want them to double down on. I, I, I don't know about you, Emily, but at least for me, like, uh, with King, with, especially with the Big Hero 6 level, that to me proved that Kingdom Hearts not only works well in an open world, but I honestly feel it works better than mm-hmm. it does in the standard setup. Like I feel like there's still room and there's still times where having a more linear setup is better. I think in particular things like bosses and you know more story content maybe that's better for uh more linear stuff and i'm totally down for more really nice linear levels as well but i think like with big hero 6 and being able to go anywhere and do anything like i really like the freedom and Mm -hmm. i i and actually going back now and play i'm actually replaying now kingdom hearts 3 uh on critical and going back now to the earlier levels like it's a lot more noticeable, you know, the fact that there's a lot of invisible walls and invisible barriers in the earlier levels compared to Big Hero Six, where I can I just really like, liked go anywhere. The Pirates of the Caribbean world. I thought right? that was the one where it really stood out to me because it was like it wasn't just the way that it was because Big Hero Six it's like a city. Yeah, it's kind of easy-ish to see where everything is. Yeah, then with pirates, it's like there's so many islands. Yep. And that's where I really enjoyed it. But, like, I think open world works amazing yeah. for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, they've avoided for a long time. But now that they've, you know, dipped their toes in the water and actually shown us two different styles. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you think about it, technically speaking, like Toy Story with the Galaxy galaxy toys area it's kind yeah. of a little bit like that too like the the whole area there is pretty seamless so like technically speaking we have three different versions of mm-hmm. like open world that they showed us there's the city you know an urban in- they showed us an urban environment they showed us a more exploratory environment and then they you know a, a more like I don't know, like wilderness, but not really wilderness because it's all water. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so they showed us like that. And then they also showed us Toy Box, which is more of like a vertical open world. Yeah. Which is very interesting because that doesn't come up often. Like Mm -hmm. usually open worlds, they tend to be more horizontal. And that's more like what Pirates of the Caribbean was. Yeah. And I can definitely see like all all three of those being like templates for future games. Like I could see, you know, instead of galaxy toys, imagine like a castle, like we had in castle oblivion or, or, or not castle oblivion, uh, a hollow bastion, for example. Yeah. Like 
I could see a castle being made like that that's fully open world, but, you know, fully seamless, but in a vertical standpoint, you know, kind of like Galaxy Toys was vertical. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in terms of Big Hero 6, a city. Well, obviously, Tokyo is going to be a thing. So I could see that working as Mm -hmm. as an open world there. And then in terms of the Pirates of the Caribbean thing, well, there's obviously other Disney worlds that could use that style, Moana, for example. But mm-hmm. then there's also other ones, like what if it wasn't sea? Uh, what if it was grasslands? And what if we're on horseback or on chocobo back? Or I don't know. <laughs> like what if it was like a proper open world? And Yeah. I'm also just excited. I think excited. what I'd be yeah. like interested in seeing is like original Kingdom Hearts worlds with more of an open world. Yes. because. Twilight Town, I guess, like, I'm pretty sure the entire of that was open world, but it's so small. Yeah. And same with, like, the Keyblade Graveyard, like, that entire area. That's, it's kind of samey. Yeah. It's small. But, like, I would love to see, like, Radiant Garden or, like, Hollow Bastion or, like, a really big twilight town <laughs> right like a trap like, like the a world Traverse that never town. was i know we won't go back yeah. there but that would be right. so good yeah whatever like the next traverse town style area maybe even like daybreak town i could see daybreak yeah. town like one of those areas i could definitely go with that being an open world area well, I mean, if you if you go online and go on YouTube, there's that guy that uh, does all the boundary breaking for Kingdom Hearts three, and he's like flying yeah. around all those areas. It is depressing how much <laughs> <laughs> uh, of that Twilight Town is modeled, because man, it is it is very detailed for what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's not fully detailed, not fully modeled out, but like he flies from the fields out in the distance yeah he flies from there all the way to the clock tower and there's no issue no issue whatsoever ps4 handles it just fine so i'm just like look technology wise you can do this so just do it you know the other place i really want to do it for and and this was actually like one of the first places that i saw like this with boundary breaking was uh the Destiny Islands main island. Yeah. That island would be perfect for open that world. That would be so good. I don't know if you've ever seen like the hacking videos on those, like people with game sharks going into there and flying around there. Yeah. That that world that was my first time that I saw the possibility of what open world could be like for Kingdom Hearts, because you could go really far in that and like obviously nothing as big as what we got in kingdom hearts 3 but it was kind of like a vision of what was possible and it Mm -hmm. looked amazing and it worked really well so i'm i'm just like there's so many places there's just so many that i just want to be on like destiny islands again (laughs) yes it's been too long i want the destiny islands play island and i want to get on a boat and go to the main island and i want that to be seamless I'm pretty no. sure they could do it. Like, I know that, like, the main island would be very super detailed, but if they just put the play island far enough away so mm-hmm. that it's not, like, really high detailed because it's so far away and you can barely see it, like, if that's what they need, I want that. Like, I will go, I will be on that boat for a long time. I don't <laughs> mind. Yeah. Like, if that's what it takes, I'll do it. I'm like also like uh, I'm also excited that like 
you know, most likely Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two will probably release before Kingdom Hearts Four, and mm-hmm. by then they'll have they'll be forced to deal with the open world problem because they have yeah, to that's true. after Midgar. So I'm hoping whatever technology that they like, I'm sure Kingdom Hearts is probably going to help them. You know, the fact that they did the open world for Kingdom Hearts is probably going to help them as a basis for what seven remake is going to have. But I'm hoping the basis of what seven remake does for, you know, the whole area of like calm and June and Fort Condor, that whole area. I'm hoping they figure that out. And then all of that technology comes over for Kingdom Hearts four. And we just like bask in the glory of all of yeah. that. That'd be great. So yeah, uh, moving on to the next question. Uh, Emily, if you could take this next one. Okay. This is from, and I might say this wrong, Kishan Heatherly? Maybe? Sorry? Um, Do you think Remind will be the last Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC? It isn't called Final Mix, so it makes me curious if it's really final. So, I think it will be. I think this is the last DLC for Kingdom... Well, other than maybe, like, updates, like like bug fixes and stuff like that. I don't expect there really to be anything. I, I mean, maybe they'll do something like cheeky, like before they announce like the in between game and like put something in there randomly as a hint for the next game. But I doubt it. I kind of feel like Kingdom Hearts three remind. That's kind of like, like it's a big package. Like I can't imagine what else they would add. What about you, Emily? Do you think this is the last DLC, even though they didn't call it Final Mix? Yeah, I think it's going to be the last DLC. I think there's also a chance of them releasing Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Mix. Yeah. I mean, kind of like how they did Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see them doing Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Mix, where it's just it has the DLC in it. Maybe PS5, Xbox Series X, but... Yeah. I think that could be a Final Mix, but I don't think we're getting any more DLC. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine. And I mean, what even they would the add. DLC outside of like Remind that we're getting, like I think we're getting like two new Keyblades, isn't it? Yeah. So. So like even so, that, I think, maybe somewhere like that, but I don't know. I think that's it. I'd say hypothetically speaking, let's say, you know, like you said, PS5 edition, like if they re-released it, like. I could go with a, another secret boss. <laughs> like, if <laughs> if they didn't add Sephiroth, could you yeah. add Sephiroth? Like, something like that. If they made a final mix that wasn't, like, a DLC. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be added on to, like, the Kingdom Hearts 3 base game. Then it's like, well, if you want to buy Kingdom Hearts 3 final mix, then there's some more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be cool. Which I really don't, like, I really hope they don't do that, but. Yeah. True. I mean, it's possible. Well, towards that end, we got this uh, final question that comes from Andre Holson, and they ask, uh, with a new console generation starting this year, do you think all the Kingdom Hearts will be ported to it again? <laughs> Even though the Xbox, uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are both fully compatible, supposedly? I mean, I think because they are backwards compatible it doesn't make sense. I think I mean, they could not, be ported. I don't think it's to like Switch. an urgent thing. It's not as yeah. urgent as it was before. Yeah, I definitely think they could be ported to Switch. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, 
we have all the games on PS4 and Xbox Series X, and knowing that they're going to be backwards compatible, I mean, I don't really think there's anything to gain. (laughs) True, true. Like, I guess the best it could be is, like, higher resolution? But, I mean, already as it is, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 on PS4 Pro is already running at 4K 60 FPS. So, like, yeah. what more do you want? Exactly. <laughs> like, I think the games that came out, like, PS2, PSP, 3DS, yeah. like, those games aren't going to run any better on a PS5. Yeah. Like, maybe Kingdom Hearts 3, which we were kind of just talking about. Yeah, but Kingdom Hearts 3 I don't has think a the other games be better. Kingdom Hearts 3, I could see that running at, you know, 4K 60 on... Uh, high-end console it was pretty close on um on xbox one x and actually even on on ps4 pro in the 1080p mode when you force 1080p on ps4 pro it was able to get 1080p 60 so i you know or, or close to 1080p 60 so i could see it running on uh on on the future consoles at you know at a really good frame rate and uh and resolution actually probably honestly even the uh the current releases will probably run really well on on ps5 and xbox series x as it is because i think they're like not necessarily like unlocked frame rate but like the frame rate is unlocked with a cap at 60 so if it can't hit 60 now given more processing power it'll just run at 60 so uh yeah if they wanted to release a a enhanced version they could do that um i guess the nice thing though uh with both with this game uh being a unreal engine 4 game one thing they could do is uh they could enhance some of the like lighting features and increase the resolution of some kind of like of like graphical features and have it be almost like like if you've ever played a a, a game on a high-end pc that you know like it, if you take like a ps3 game that was also released on pc and then you play the pc version and you crank up the resolution of 4k and you turn all the effects up to max and like i could see a version like that of kingdom hearts 3 being released on ps5 and xbox series x but i don't expect it to be like that groundbreaking and honestly i expect them to be more focused on future games anyway so it's kind of whatever but i i will say uh do i expect them to release uh those games again are you asking me do i expect square enix to try to take (laughs) money from me again um yes i do expect that just by pure law of capitalism, and I definitely highly expect that there will be times in this generation where Square Enix has nothing to release for Kingdom Hearts, and they need to keep it relevant. So yeah, they're gonna do it. If not now, later, there will be there will be an opportunity to release it. You know, sometime when uh, you know it's like in between releases, and that'll be when they do it. So look forward to it i guess so yeah i think that covers uh this episode and our music for this episode is a cover of dearly beloved 
This is called Coffee Date, dearly beloved Kingdom Hearts. So Coffee Date is a like a collaborative project between uh, two musicians that are married, I think. And they, uh, yeah, they did a wonderful little cover of Dearly Beloved. I think Coffee Date, it's like a series for them. So they have uh, a bunch of others. You can find them on YouTube if you just search Game Chops. So this is a really cute little cover. I hope you enjoy it. And our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Unit is scheduled for the 28th of January. Emily, I think post that means. Post-Remind. Yeah, it's going to be post-Remind. So uh, hopefully by then we've all played it. Um, I guess what we could do, just so we don't like overload on spoilers, I think what we'll do is probably similar to how we did the Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, episodes, where uh, basically with the Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, discussion is the episode immediately after the release. I think we talked about everything through uh, Olympus Coliseum or maybe through Twilight Town, something like that. So I think we'll probably do it in chunks. So maybe like over the course of the next three or so episodes, we'll talk about Remind as a whole, and that'll give people time to get through them. Uh, but uh, just as before with uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh spoilers will be fair game up until the point that we talked about so uh let's you know use kingdom hearts 3 as an example uh so if you know and within the first episode we had talked about up until twilight town and then within the second episode i think we talked about through maybe tangled so in that second episode everything related to uh the story up until the point of tangled in that episode everything was fair game so in the same way in kingdom hearts remind let's say hypothetically speaking you know we do the uh you know the remind episode and uh you know first let's say the first half of remind that'll be the first episode and the second half of remind will be the second half of that episode and then the next episode might be the limit cut or the, and then maybe the final episode will be the the secret episode or something like that. So we'll we'll talk about it then. So just uh, keep an eye out for the episode, and uh, we'll definitely let you know what spoilers we'll be discussing before we discuss them. So you don't have to worry about uh, us bombarding you with spoilers that you don't know about. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you want to send us your questions, send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Emily, it is goodbye time. All righty. Thank you but, for listening, everyone. Yeah, but even See though it is goodbye. Next week. <laughs> yeah, even though it is goodbye, it's kind of like, the beginning or the the it's the end of the beginning but it's still just the beginning yeah it's the beginning of the year and the beginning of the decade and we just finished our first episode of the new year and the right? new decade look That's at great. us and uh yeah there's a there's a lot to look forward to this year this month alone with kingdom hearts uh i'm really excited to to see what happens throughout this year 
uh, Emily, do you think we're gonna? This is it for Kingdom Hearts with uh, with with Remind. Do you think this is it for this year? Is that is this all we have to look forward to for this year, or do you think we might have uh, anything else? I think we'll year? at the bare minimum get some rumors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some just some discussions stirring yeah. around. At the very least, we're gonna know a lot more next episode than we will. Yeah. Uh, now, so that that that's exciting to know. And even though we probably won't talk about all of it, I'm sure we'll have already played it by then. So I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Can't wait. All right. Say your goodbyes. Bye bye. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Mm-hmm.